0: So we are trying something new, and so I'm we, laughing. we are under a blanket in our living room.
1: Hoping our roommate doesn't walk in and see us like this. That would be embarrassing. Also, we'll text pain a lot. I know, like, <laughs> why are me and Hinali under a blanket in
0: <laughs> at the table? Uh, yes, but we are doing this for this podcast, and so I hope that this comes out to be great.
1: I know. Wait, this is actually a good time for us to just quickly introduce why we have to be under a blanket in the first place. hmm And it's because for the last three seasons of this podcast, we've yeah. been using donated equipment, which mm-hmm. we love and cherish and look yeah. after with all our hearts. But our sound quality is not that great. So we're mm-hmm. trying this new technique, and later we're going to tell you a little bit more about how else you can help 12 ounces. hmm
0: But at the end of it, let's start on this episode. So we found this article by Jean Denby of Code Switch about the census deadline, which is on December 31st of 2020. It happens every 10 years, and it it described the census and what the categories were of who you are as a race that you had to fill out. And it said, Oriental became Asian, became Asian American and Pacific Islander. Colored changes to Negro and then to Black and African-American, the nomenclature for white people, on the other hand, has remained more or less stable, even if the definition of who might qualify as white has been pretty fluid over the past few hundred years. Let's just take all of that in.
1: Okay, so first of all, shout out to Gene Denby of Code Switch. Mm -hmm. We love Code Switch. It's another great podcast on race Mm -hmm. and culture in America. Uh, by NPR, we would definitely recommend it. They have some very good podcasts, by the way. Shout
0: out to Throughline, which is also on there.
1: Yeah. But the thing that I love about this quote is that it says that the nomenclature for white people has remained more or less stable. Mm-hmm. Because white people are naming themselves and also naming us. Mm-hmm. They have the power. Exactly. And that... Is exactly what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Not the census, not census, but we're talking about how we talk about ourselves mm-hmm. and each other through the words that we choose. Yes. This is Nicole. This is Hanali, and this is Twelve
0: Ounces, the podcast. Northwestern University study found that children start linguistic intergroup bias since the age of three.
1: Linguistic intergroup bias is when children start talking about each other and their peers in us and them language. Mm-hmm. So they understand that people that look like them are in the in-group and people mm-hmm. that don't are in the out-group. And yes. their language really starts to reflect that.
0: And this is a huge problem because I have cousins who... who tell me about their school culture, and they refer to other people, other meaning other who, others who don't look like them and are not white, as someone who they are either threatened by or someone who is
1: not part of their group, and that's problematic. Something interesting about what you just said is that you said they refer to people who don't look like them but are not white. Exactly. Which is interesting because that literally proves that i mean white people are giving us the language to talk Mm -hmm. about each other yeah but we have no language to describe white people Mm -hmm. in the same coded way
0: yeah no that's so true because like even when we are not in this country and we're outside of this country growing up i still refer to other people who did not look like me through the lens of a white person
1: yeah wow um and i'm even thinking about the color symbolism we learn as children Mm -hmm. you know that black equals bad and white equals good Mm -hmm. and purity and evilness Mm -hmm. all that stuff I mean it's in every aspect of our schooling
0: exactly exactly how we describe other people also describe just scenarios or you know good versus bad and we separate that in black versus white kind of Imagery, basically. Mm-hmm. So that just shows that, like, how much white people in every as- aspect have like controlled us, our language, who
1: we are. You know? Yeah. I mean, they've they've really controlled the narrative of how we even see ourselves mm-hmm. and how we move about in the world. Yeah. Like you said, through their lens. Exactly. Um, but the thing is, this continues. I mean, through adulthood and. Mm-hmm. Being, believe it because white people have controlled how history is told yeah and the legacy of slavery in america has also been told through a white lens Mm -hmm. but black educators and thought leaders have been trying to change that in have been trying to change the language around slavery Mm -hmm. and so the earliest example i could find was since 2014 there's been this movement to change how slavery is talked about, mm-hmm. how enslaved people are talked about. Because traditionally, those who were brought from Africa to America yeah. through chattel slavery were called slaves. Mm-hmm. But black activists are asking for those people to be called enslaved people mm-hmm. to put, make the language people first, to make yeah. their identity not about their enslavement, mm-hmm. but rather about The fact that someone enslaved them yeah because once you start calling someone an enslaved person rather than a slave you also have to ask the question well who did the enslaving Mm
0: -hmm. yeah you put the blame on someone because these people didn't do this by themselves they were brought here against their will and today after so many years we still
1: think of them as slaves you know yes so one of the biggest writing workshops in New York City mm-hmm. put out an a email newsletter mm-hmm. on Juneteenth of all days. Yeah, saying Black Lives Matter. Juneteenth is the day that you know all slaves were freed. Mm-hmm. And they kept saying slaves, slave, slaves in yeah. the newsletter. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was so irresponsible because, as a writing workshop. Mm-hmm language writers know that language matters language is chosen deliberately Mm -hmm. you know like how you use one word can change the whole meaning of something yeah so that just goes to show how little black thinkers Mm -hmm. are listened to because in the writing world this this company had not adopted that Mm -hmm. use of the, word ensla- the words enslaved people versus yeah. slaves. Can I share which writing group this is? No, I don't think we should do that. That's okay, <laughs> that's okay
0: but know that this is one of the top ones. If you Google it, you'll probably find it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I thought it was dangerous. You it know? is dangerous. Because these are, these are influencing... This is a writing group that influences so many New York writers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just dangerous and also so callous you know yeah this is not new this is a conversation that has been happening since 2014 Mm -hmm. but I think that just goes to show that again the language we use is centered on whiteness Mm
0: -hmm. oh yeah for sure I mean not just well this is a writing group but in general how we talk about also not just us politicians or leaders of this country talk about Racial issues, they use Korean language all the time. They mm-hmm. might not be explicitly racist, but it is racist in the words they choose. Yeah. Like some of the words, like in recent times, in all these protests we have seen, we have heard the word looting all the time. And that that refers to mostly black people stealing stuff for their own pleasure and not because there is systematic racism going on. But they, the way they use it, these politicians, these news channels, is a way they want to put the blame on these people mm-hmm. versus taking the blame on
1: themselves as being the oppressor. Also Donald Trump um, called protesters thugs, mm-hmm. which is coded for to mean... You know, black people. Yeah, that live in black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And so, it's not a secret. I mean, everyone knows what he means yeah. when he says it. Mm-hmm. And white people and brown people and black people have an image in their mind when you hear these mm-hmm. words.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not like when you say "thug," they're going to refer to someone white in their minds. Yeah, it's just like not happening. it's never a white person who does mm-hmm. that, even. In reality, it is a white person.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's... I mean, infuriating, obviously. Yes. just... It really makes me question, you know, how... The fact that our identity is centered in whiteness, Mm -hmm. even when we really try uh, to decolonize it. Yeah. You know, but it's so centered in whiteness because our identity is just... I mean, it's like how far away or close to whiteness are you
0: yeah i mean also the fact that the words even in a normal setting that is not based on protest or on a political stance in a workplace we talk about if we talk about someone being sassy like if it's for a white person it's fine like the Mm -hmm. the Image is positive, but if it's for a black person, it's a or a brown person, it's a very negative term where they're bossy, not someone who. It's easier word. Exactly, it's not the image that employers or employees working with someone understands as a positive image of Mm -hmm. that person. So just the difference between a word how it changes meaning when used for a certain group of people.
1: Yeah. 100 percent, and that's what i mean when i say these words are used deliberately yeah it's like suddenly i mean white people have always tried to not seem racist Mm -hmm. and not just white people you know non-black people too yeah but these words really give you the tools to be racist Mm -hmm. without using the language exactly
0: exactly but the thing is black people people of color know that this is negative towards them Mm -hmm. yet oh I hope not but suffer through them because that's the image that's the
1: I don't know portrayal of them throughout history yeah exactly and I mean the thing is that this is again the reason we're still having this conversation in 2020 is Mm -hmm. because where we get our news, yeah. who we get our news from, like, mm-hmm. who we listen to on TV. All of these people are white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're they're dictating the story. They're documenting what's happening. Yes. And even with news, I mean the New York Times. Yeah, the oh. New York Times. It is uh. Alright, so they tweeted on May 31st, 2020, right after George Boyd's killing. Um These two tweets. Mm -hmm. The first was about the arrest of the four officers who murdered George Floyd. Mm -hmm. This is what the tweet said. Mayor Jacob Frey of Minneapolis tweeted Tuesday afternoon that four officers involved in the arrest of a man who died after being handcuffed and pinned to the ground by an officer's knee had been fired. Damn.
0: Let's read the other one so we know the difference. That
1: one's about a, a, a journalist. Yeah. A photographer was shot in the eye. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Minneapolis. A photographer was shot in the eye. Washington, D.C. Protesters struck a journalist with his own microphone. Louisville. A reporter was hit by a purple ball on live television by an officer who appeared to be aiming at her.
0: Yeah. Just see the difference. The first one... It's just also like, what is this
1: sentence? <laughs> I know it's it's pretty bad, but also it's, it's trying really hard to mm-hmm. be passive. Yeah, you know, it doesn't place a responsibility on anybody, exactly. It's, it's just saying that this is the
0: facts, and you, the reader, basically understand it from that tweet. While on the other hand, the That shows clearly what happened, you
1: know? Like, who was the victim, you know? Yeah, who was the victim and who was the aggressor? Yeah. But in the killing of George Floyd, first of all, it's the arrest of a man who died after being... There was no direct... Yeah. He was killed.
0: Yeah, also, where is his name in the whole thing? Like, why is there not his name?
1: Yeah, exactly. It really, really takes responsibility off the people who literally murdered someone. Mm -hmm. And you know, puts it on... I mean, really, like, who... It's It just makes it seem like he just died after being handcuffed and pinned to the ground. Yeah.
0: And this is, like... I can't... This has been happening throughout news media and throughout history on how black and brown people have been portrayed. And the language used in these headlines define a lot of the ways that we as people view... Mm -hmm. black and brown people yep like this just angers me like and i've been reading a lot of these like not just this but like throughout time we read news articles and just skim like look at the
1: headlines don't even read the
0: article and just
1: move on and that's that headline or that tweet that notification you get on your phone is sometimes all you need to make a judgment about the Mm -hmm. story. So that's why it's so important that... Exactly. It's written in a way that places responsibility on Mm -hmm. those who need responsibility placed on them. Exactly. And it's like these... In these few sentences, they have the ability to, you know, in the public eye, Mm -hmm. victimize people and make people aggressors. Yeah. Um, And another thing is, like, this idea of being aggressive. This Mm -hmm. is a word that has been used against people of color, I mean, in every aspect of... Anytime whiteness is threatened, especially white Mm -hmm. womanhood is threatened... Yeah. ...by blackness or brownness, uh, we're labeled aggressive. Yes. But, like, what does that mean?
0: Yeah, what does that mean? Like, what is aggressive? I don't know that. Like, I feel like I'm not aggressive at all, but I feel like if I was challenging someone's opinion about me or about my race I would be seen as the aggressive one
1: yeah and the thing is that we are made to believe that about our own selves Mm -hmm. Um, where our I mean even our language of defense Mm -hmm. doesn't hold up to uh, white people's language of you know, just saying it didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Or our or language of defense is seen as more of an attack than their mm-hmm. race, racism. Yeah, exactly. Like
0: The thing is, we are trying to correct their behavior, but we are seen as the one being aggressive towards them, while mm-hmm. o- throughout history, they, have, they are literally the ones being aggressive
1: towards us, but no one's putting that label on them. Okay, so what are some things that we can do to actually change this in our at least in our communities mm-hmm. well,
0: firstly n- n- I need to have conversations, especially with my parents with people that with my friends who I know have used this are 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 using this in a normal everyday language. I use this like I use this word crazy all the time, but I recently found out that that's something that's another of language mm-hmm. for black and brown people who have been mentally ill and I could use uh, any other word to describe this because not everything is crazy by the way
1: yeah exactly some (laughs) things are just unbelievable yeah exactly (laughs) um yeah and I think it's just being conscious about you know how does this word represent the people that I'm talking about Mm -hmm. and how does it also represent ourselves I mean really truly yeah because sometimes I'm quick to even label myself according to how white people see me mm-hmm. you know as like a quiet or a model minority or mm-hmm. in some cases an aggressor yeah where, you know if I say something and they tell me that I have attacked them I believe them mm-hmm. oh I question myself all the time when I'm
0: trying to correct someone like should I be doing this like I'll be looked at this way Should I should not probably do this you know Mm -hmm. Especially in front of a white person. Like, I would question myself at least three to four times before I make a decision.
1: Yeah. And I think that it takes just conscious thinking and Mm -hmm. practicing. Yeah. And then also just consciously doing it for your friends, too, Mm -hmm. when they say things. Yeah,
0: no, I recently read somewhere that when someone... You say it, you should correct yourself as soon as possible. When someone else does it, you should do the same thing. And... You should accept that as something that's normal and don't don't defend yourself.
1: Yeah. Just, for example, if I said something, you could just be like, oh, you mean this. Yeah. And then I would say, oh, yeah, I mean that. Thanks. Exactly. Not, yeah. Like, not challenge that
0: narrator because someone has done the work to correct you. Mm-hmm. And so you should accept it, especially if that someone is a person of color or a black person.
1: Yeah. And you're white or mm-hmm. non-black yes anyway we want to tell you a little bit before we go Mm -hmm. on top of all the practicing we're doing to be better at language Mm -hmm. um, that we're doing GoFundMe
0: yes we've been working on 12 ounces since 2018 and we've been using a donated mic to record ourselves that was actually two months into us starting it we were using a $15 mic that barely recorded ourselves before then but we have been grateful to have gotten a mic from a stranger on the internet
1: yeah and we were donated a mic and recorder but we know that a lot of you that have been listening have told us that there's a ton of issues with our audios you have a hard time hearing us um, and you know we put a lot of time into our episodes because we want our community mm-hmm. to have this work done for them yeah um, and it really makes a difference if we have a second mic, yes, so that we can both be heard mm-hmm. equally, and yes. we won't be under this blanket. Exactly, we want to do this again. No, I know this, is, this has been a lot, <laughs> but we really appreciate it. The link is in our bio. Please share it if you can't. Please, donate. yeah, exactly. Anything helps.
0: Share if you can donate, and donate if you can. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, and we will see you next time. This is Nicole, this is Hanali, and this is 12 Ounces Podcast.